This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, my host, Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, we've got the Middlesbrough match review. Nothing like mid-week disappointment, Dan, but we're here. We're going we're gonna to do a thing, breaking it down. Look, Chelsea were, I think, there. I think they played a match, and there were at least away fans who were there, and they had to suffer through a match. So we're here, Nick, and we're recording a podcast about it. Yep. Yep. All right. Look, uh, we've been doing this for nine and a half years <laughs> where, you know, rain, shine, sleet, or in my case, uh, this afternoon, tons of snow. Uh, we are here uh, to talk about Chelsea Football Club, a club that we love. And sometimes um, it makes us a little bit sick. So doesn't love us back. Yeah. Well, not today. Anyway, not today. Well, we've got plenty to get through, uh, but we always want to kick it off with the three-word match reviews. We've got them um, a little bit on X, Twitter, and a lot of it from Discord. So really looking to dig into these, Dan. What did the people say? How did they feel? Mr. George Smiley with a Chelsea have fallen. You had Jesper with the Bing X era ended. Because they <laughs> had last episode that <laughs> it was match. starting. That's well funny. done, Jesper. Well you, done. You just have to you have to bookend things in life, and uh, sometimes they happen pretty quickly. Postman with the hat trick of misses. Don't disagree with that one. Kate with the many mistakes made. Clip show with a deep cut. Golden Globe synergy. Because if you don't remember, uh, Todd Bully's company <laughs> acquired the rights to the Golden Globes. It did not do well. If you want to kind of look for something that maybe had a similar trajectory to how Chelsea performed, that would be a good example. Blue London, 1905, with the worst than mid Dillsbro. You had Fatal Ferret with the This Really Sucks. McLeasy with the Uh Oh Dano to round out a couple of three word match reviews. Again, clever, clever people when they are pushed to their boundaries, to the edges, but hey, um, uh... We've got our own. Nick, I'm going to kick it off with you first. We never really do this, so what about you? How, what do you have? I'm, I'm pleased with mine, and it, it really syncs up with Clip Show. Joe Coy finishing. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, I think he probably had a worse outing, to be fair. Eh, tough to say. I mean, they were both pretty bad. <laughs> Dan, what about you? I went with, uh, you know. Is the Riverside Stadium. So we were crying our river because, boy, oh, boy, there were uh, plenty of uh, tears of frustration and uh, sadness about the way Chelsea performed. Hmm, I hear you. Right, but don't worry. Mine is only halftime, boys. That is the only piece of hope we are clinging on to, and I think a lot of people had that as well. But, man, it does not make me feel good about it. I will tell you that. So uh, before we get into it, Nick, we always want to shout everyone out to get involved. Our Patreon, by the way, I don't know if it's because we just created an easy link. It's just discord.gg slash londonbluepod. We've probably had 25, 30 people join since this past weekend. So it's, it's kind of a big deal. Look, no, nothing says us more than finally getting that link together after a number of months. And then, look, the floodgates open. So uh, to those of you who suffered through the harder linking strategy, 
you're extra special to us. Uh, for for those who want to join uh, the Discord and be a part of the conversation, we've had a, a bunch of new people recently. Please do that. It's great. It's a paid way to support the show. Of course, there are a bunch of free ways uh, to support us as well. Uh, five-star reviews, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're going to say it until we stop getting them. So please do that. Subscribe on YouTube, 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 YouTube. We're, we're always trying to figure out different ways to do better there. And of course, the newsletter, the London is Blue Dispatch. We put a link out to it every time it comes out. Just go hit that uh, subscribe button, put your email in there, and uh, get some of the goodness. All right. Well, we've got a lot going on, but it's time to talk about the match. It is Middlesbrough this past Tuesday, the 9th of January, in the Carabao or League Cup, if you are a traditionalist. We're at the Riverside Stadium, as Dan mentioned a little bit ago, in case you missed it. Middlesbrough won, and that is right. Chelsea, nil, nada, nothing. So uh, the goal coming in 37th minute from Hackney on the Middlesbrough side. So, Dan, take us through the lineup. We've got SofaScore breaking it down for us here. Who did they have, in what formation, and who were the subs? Uh, Petrovic started between the sticks, and it was Malagusto at, on right back, Axel Di Sassi, Tiago Silva, and Levi Colwell as your back four. Uh, not every one of those players remained in the game, though. Moises Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez as your midfield pairing with an attack featuring Cole Palmer, false nine, Nick Verlaney, called it. This is going to give you the moment, Nick. You called your shot. You got it right. Nani Matawake, Connor Gallagher, and Raheem Sterling rounded out the attack. Only three subs. Pochettino saying, you know what? That run of five, getting players extra minutes, keeping people fresh, we're done with that. Leaving that in 2023. And it was Mikhailo Mudrik, Armando Broya, and Alfie Gilchrist coming on the first two in the 63rd minute and Alfie in the 90th minute, you know, because why not? Um, Bettinelli, Bergstrom, Williams, Golding, and Davide Washington, the unused subs. What do you what do you keep calling him Davide? Isn't it just David? Yeah, Dan. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Like giving him a little flair. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I like how you teed the back line as if they were gonna be overhauling changes, and all it was was Alfie Gilchrist in the ninth minute for Malo Gusto. The old bait and switch, look over here, nothing to see. Well done. Potch, Potch use your goalkeepers. Put both goalkeepers, give every goalkeeper a turn. Get those five subs back up, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Imagine he puts bets on for the last 10 and then Bergstrom in like the 90th second. Just <laughs> burning them, burning the Let's subs. Go. I need the subs used. All right. Uh, top line stats, 72% uh, possession, 18 shots, five on target. Uh, that means Middlesbrough had six shots, only two on target, but they scored off of one of them. We had 10 fouls to their nine. We had one caution to their none. And then from there, we had four big chances. Yep, missed all four. Good math out there, listener. And then they had one that they scored. But after that, we had one goalkeeper save. That is it. And their goalkeeper, Tom Glover, if you want to call it a save, had five. <sighs> Not catches, but saves. If it hits your chest, it counts. Uh, add up the Joe with the one random stat. 1999, Chelsea's defeat to Middlesbrough tonight is the first time they've lost a League Cup match against a side from a lower division since October of 1999 against Huddersfield Grimm. So that's how we leave it. Nick, there was a lot in there, but uh, it's not really setting us up for a pretty picture. No. Uh, it, it, look, 
I think we're going to talk about the the missed chances here, the big chances that that were missed, a hundred percent on missed big chances. So uh, there we go. But uh, if I could just say this, and I know you're a part of the goalkeepers union, Brandon, but their goalkeeper just looks woeful, and we couldn't make him fumble the ball into the back of the net. He really wanted to. He was desperate to, and we just couldn't. We couldn't kick it enough to where he would just drop it in for us. That's a tough look, man. Uh, the, the dude does not seem confident in his uh, catching positioning ability or, or really save ability, and uh, we, we just uh, let him hang out. It wasn't a good day for uh, the the individual efforts, but I tell you what, he got a shutout against a Premier League team, so he's going to add that to the LinkedIn resume. No doubt expect it tomorrow right away, but yeah, uh, Glover needed a little bit of help. Uh, some of the bobbles and chest traps of driven shots were tough to watch. Can't believe we didn't get a single uh, tap in off it. But anyways, we're going to take our first ad break. When we get back, jumping in to how we lost to Middlesbrough. Thank you to the sponsors. It will be our back. All right. So if we have to break down losing to Middlesbrough, I think it's only fair, Dan, that we start with the fact that we had the chance to continue a nine-game winning streak against Middlesbrough in all competitions. We have seen us beat Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, good times that was. But but no, in this one, we, we didn't. We we ended it. Have we been to two matches against Middlesbrough? I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, one was, was a very bad post-Boxing Day one yep. that was really, no, really no. bad. Yeah. Conte. No, no yep. And then Conte right before we won the league, right? When Brad Guzan yep. got nutmegged three times. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, anyway. This, this wasn't. <laughs> 20, 21 goals had been scored previously in all of these matches in these nine games uh, against Middlesbrough by Chelsea. And uh, we decided that this would be the first time <laughs> since February of 2007 that Middlesbrough were going to score against Chelsea, which I think adds to the deflating mood as it also would have been a fifth win out of six or a sixth win out of seven matches if we include the Newcastle advance on penalties. So I think that's that's where I'm starting from a mood perspective is actually like in the larger context, like generally there have been some good trend lines, even though we are still frustrating, even though we don't take all of our chances that in general, things have been going in a better direction, Nick. But this one, given the importance of a cup, given the fact that Chelsea are not anywhere near finishing in the one, two, three positions in the Premier League, that this was a way into Europe, into European competition. Yes, I know it's the Conference League. It's still a competition. It's a trophy Chelsea hasn't won yet. Be great to add it to the cabinets and the coffers. We've seen the trophy room at Stamford Bridge be good to get another one. So to me, I think that's where the frustration comes from is that like this felt very doable and we were our our biggest enemy again. I think it was the first loss to a lower league team since 2015, the, the Bradford City uh, debacle in the FA Cup. Uh, they all were talking a big game ahead of it. It's the most important game. We have to match their energy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was looking forward to you know, potentially going on a run of, of wins in a row. You know, we, we had done three, but, you know, had the you know potential to maybe get it up to six, you know, if you beat Fulham and you beat them in the other leg. And 
and and who knows what happens with with Liverpool at that point if you're if you're on a six game winning streak. I mean, it's the most annoying part about this team is there's always a setback. There's always a game where they're not up for it. And it look Middlesbrough aren't good. I mean, just be very clear about this. They're not a good team. They're they're a structurally well organized unit. They're physical. But we have no business losing to that team. Just be very, very clear about it. Like, they barely created much in this game. You know, I, I think I think Chelsea, from a game plan perspective, just was completely off. Personnel was off. Game plan was off. And how many times have we seen Chelsea dominate possession, dominate shots, dominate blah, 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 and give up a cheap goal on a counter? It's the playbook. It's the playbook. I mean, it is it is genuinely ridiculous that the minute that they uh, had the ball out wide and two players streaking into the box, I was like, well, here's a goal. Uh, look, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you, you have a right to be upset after this one. This is lower league opposition and supposedly the most important game of the year. And the team did everything... Uh, to to make this a tie. And, and now it's going to be harder, Brandon, because they're already not a pretty, you know, not, they're already not an aggressive team offensively, but now they have a goal lead to, to shield behind. And so it's going to be really, really difficult second leg. I think, you know, you're going to go into this trying to manage knowing that you do have two legs, right? And we are on the road, the first leg. So I think there's, it's it's like it, you. I think both managers, obviously Michael Carrick, formerly of United, and Potch, were thinking of it like that. Um, giving up a goal to them in the first half, it's super annoying. But like, I really wasn't terribly worried about it because like Chelsea were always going to have to score anyways. What was crazy is that we didn't get the goal on the day. Like, I, I haven't seen the XG on this one because it's the Carabao Cup and stats are hard to get. But it's like the chances that Palmer had alone, right? The ability that Raheem Sterling had, um, Broya, side net, different things like that. On any other day, something goes in. So I, I do think that I felt pretty like frustrated but calm through this one. So if you think about it, you go to the next leg, they're going to be shitting bricks because they know they have to defend for 90 minutes and not make a mistake. Chelsea are going to be all out of attack. I think they, they, they let one in. I think they're going to crumble and they're going to let two in. But Chelsea should be able to do that uh, against this team. So I was annoyed but I wasn't I didn't think it was the end of the world I think people calling this like the end of the world it's a two-leg tie like it or not we always had a chance players are thinking about that they have to play Fulham at the weekend there's a lot going on we talk about our injury record and things like that like it, at some point you just like you did enough you didn't win to Nick's your point it's just the you know a little bit of copy paste this team seems to be unlucky at the worst times but we've got 90 more minutes at home at the bridge like this team should be able to take care of a team like Middlesbrough, but there's I a lot. I even predicted us to win at halftime. Like I was super frustrated with the first half performance, but I thought surely we'd get a couple of goals. They were creaking at the end of the half. Like 
you know, Cole had three chances, I think, from the 35th minute on to put the ball in, and it just forced yeah. me again. And, and I really – I thought, hey, you know, shitty first half, but surely, you know, we'll do what we did to Preston at the weekend and just overwhelm them. Not really. If anything, the second half was worse. <laughs> Their last shot was in the 68th minute. Uh, which is kind of interesting, but we also didn't get our la- our last shot was in the 85th minute. Like we didn't do anything the last 10 minutes, um, but 85th minute, 83rd, 75, 73, 61, 55, 53. You know, definitely peppering, peppering. If you look at this, this uh, the shot chart here, uh, it, it is night and day difference. It's it's wild that nothing went in. But Nick or Dan, that's sometimes how the proverbial cookie crumbles. Um, but something we have to look at as well is is the 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 players that Potch used, right? So a lot of people want to talk about strategy. There's no strategy. There's no identity. What about the tactics? What about the subs? You know, all of these things go into it. So I think there's a lot of different ways you can splice that side of it. Where do you want to take um, your slice of the pie? Gosh, um, I would say the backside or the, the, you know, the back left side was really kind of the point of attack for a lot of what we saw in the first half. So you saw Levi pick up, you know, some some early fouls. Um, you know, Disasi when he was on the left, and they eventually switched back to Tiago Silva being on the left and Disasi being on the right. Like, that didn't necessarily fill, I think, anybody with confidence. And so when you look at it, you're like, well, you could also play Malagus on the left, but then, you know, if you have Axel Disasi there and it's now Nani Matawake and him on the same side, is that what you really want? And so, like, the the whole composition is off balance with the players being out. And so I think the sympathy, like, the reality of the situation is still that the best players that Chelsea have in some of these positions are either out on short-term or long-term. So some of it is down to will will he make a decision to play players in certain ways in certain positions? I think there was some where maybe Raheem Sterling was not the right call for this game. Maybe Mikhailo Mudrik to start to give Middlesbrough a little bit more of a consideration. And, and then also Nick too. I mean, we we were crossing the ball all the you know the first forty five to sixty minutes. And then the moment we put Armando Broya on, we're like, no, we're not going to do that anymore. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> even even though it resulted in in a very sublime goal over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's super confusing and frustrating. I, I didn't understand what the team was trying to do in the first half. I mean, I Cole lucked into being in the right position for a few chances, deflections and whatnot. But there was no cohesive offensive game plan. You know, I think, you know, what do we have five shots on target against Middlesbrough. I mean, that ain't good enough for sure. And I, I think the other thing, you know, uh, the the game plan itself, of course, we want to control the ball. We want to, you know, make sure that we get a ton of shots in and all that sort of stuff. The game was played at their tempo. They wanted it to be stretched. They wanted it to be end to end. They wanted to get in behind. They wanted to go on counterattacks. And, if, and they were out physicaling us to everything. Yeah, our team is still soft. Um, you know, when when stuff doesn't go their way, heads drop, all that sort of stuff. And and I really, I was confused by that, Brandon, because I, I I thought of all the days to get the like warrior helmet on, a semifinal would be, you know, 
for me anyway, like the, the day to do it, to not be out physical or bullied by a team that doesn't have the same level of skill. Like we, I could have told you what they were going to do to us uh, after watching a couple of matches of film. <laughs> like they just had a, a big battle with, with Villa over the weekend, the FA cup. They're not extraordinarily skillful, but like they're, they're there to fight, you know, Carrick has them fighting. They're not even doing that great in the championship, but like they're, they're fine. And we just kind of let it happen. And I, I don't know from a preparation perspective, from a scouting perspective, what is happening midweek, but it is it, the last few matches. It's been woeful from a, from a game plan uh, point of view. Yeah. The, the kind of, uh, the irony, I think that everyone's talking about with the crossing, obviously. And then you finally put Broya on and you're like, yeah, we're not going to cross it. But also I, I was watching Broya. He was like dropping deep to receive the ball, even around the box. And I, he'd like go out to the wing and just like a little like passing pass back with, with a winger gusto. And I was just, again, confused because Nick, you're talking about midweek prep. It's like, Broya, we're chasing the game, get in the box, get on their center back, get on their last defender, stay there. And, you know, again, it was just, it looked really weird at the end, even though we were at a the similar formation with the subs, like it was still largely the same formation tactics that we started, but yeah, it's just, it not, not a lot pushed. They must have a ton of confidence in the return leg. Uh, didn't like the travel day, something. It just was not, not there, but uh, Mudrick also floppy today. Unfortunately, anytime someone got around him, he went down looking for calls and things like that. We've seen some really good stuff out of him, but like today wasn't it. At, like he's he's not a good sub. Can I, can I just put that out there? I don't think be. that he's. I don't think he's good off the bench at all. I would expect a dude of of that athletic that athletic ability to come off the bench and be shot out of a cannon. Like be so fast against a a player that's been on the field for sixty minutes that they can't catch up to him. And he was jogging today he was kind of flopping around he was trying to dribble people instead of just going by them uh with his speed like i don't understand what he was doing on the day i don't understand what raheem sterling was doing on the day either but i i think mudrick has to start from like a, a mental standpoint because whatever the hell that was was woeful uh, it was very bad and I don't, I don't remember a great substitute appearance like he was fine and against Newcastle in the previous round obviously got the goal that was more of a fortunate gift than anything but like that wasn't it chief I mean he has only one goal coming as a sub the rest are all as starts so you know in, in this season again it's not a lot of goals right that's four four total goals across all competitions so I mean that's the grain of salt in it there but he has not necessarily shown that coming off the bench to your point, Nick, like it's not the Christian Plissick super sub, right? Like you, you're not, you didn't copy and paste them just because they're the, uh, <laughs> the left-sided winger. I, I, I think it's also difficult in that match to come in as a sub. I mean, what, what time did he come in again? Let me scroll up quick. He 63rd. came on in the 63rd minute, like I just said. I mean, at that point, Boro had pretty much decided to sit in. And, and look, maybe they reacted. They're like, yep, you know what? We're up a goal. He just came on, sit in, sit in. We don't need to give him space. Uh, he was still able to find some, but again, like him cutting in, taking the shots, Raheem with the shots, it just, 
you get towards the end of the the end line and we weren't sure what we wanted to do. Did we want to drive end line? Did we want to pass it back to the top of the box? Did we just float in across? I mean, was was our best header Noni Matawake from an Enzo Fernandez cross? It's just weird. The, this this also was part of my big problem with the the potch piece of this. When the game got down to like the 75th minute, instead of it looking like the players knew exactly where they were supposed to be and there being a calm, you know, resolve about this team that we were going to score, and we've seen that in Chelsea teams of the past, this was full-blown panic. It was it was players all over the place throwing their body around the pitch, leaving huge gaps defensively, having to chase back. I mean, Tiago Silva had to run 50, 60 yards on that breakaway where it was like two against one. And, and luckily the guy was terrible. Their striker was terrible and tripped over himself. But like it, it became so undisciplined, so panicked, so scrambled that nothing is going to, nothing good is going to come of that offensively. Like there was nothing threatening i mean dan brandon you put that at 86 minute or 84th minute was the last shot <laughs> so they they just ran around like chickens with their head cut off for 10 minutes doing absolutely nothing but even before that it wasn't great we didn't create a ton of, of goodness in the second half and I, that's a that's a preview of what's to come in the second leg uh, middlesbrough have no incentive now to move forward uh, to, to go forward in this game. Like they, they can just bunker in, hit on the counter. They don't have to play. They got their goal. Yep. So the, the club's going to have to figure out a way to break them down in their final third with 10 players around because that's what we're going to face in the second leg. Only silver lining, you know exactly what you're going to face from them, right? You should have known what you were going to face today, though. A little bit. I mean, they played a bit. I mean, you know, 20-some percent possession overall, not really, but... Um, Regardless, there'll be no excuse for what uh, what they want to do come the return leg, which will be I'm I've scrolled down too far on our results. Uh, Tuesday, the 23rd of January. So excited for that. Hey, we're gonna take our last ad break. When we get back, though, a lot more that we're still breaking in, especially about the challenges on the pitch. Thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, so challenges. Mainly the chances go wanting once more. Nick, Cole Palmer, false nine. Got the space. Was he false nine or was he just a striker running in into spaces? I don't want to like. Really just a striker, I think, would be the fair way to say it. I mean, the yeah. runs in his location on the pitch were that of where you would want your striker to be. And again, he's also 6'2". Like, he's not he's not as short as I think he, he looks on camera. Is he uh, really? He, he, um... He dropped in as like a support striker a lot though, like he uh, like to get the ball and spray it out. Like he was both doing the work of a ten and a striker at once, which is interesting considering the the midfield we had on the on the pitch too. But uh, yeah, I mean this won't be the last time we see this this season. And he had three golden fucking chances to have a hat trick and put this whole tie to bed. Uh, you don't, you don't see uh, him miss very often. You don't see him miss three egregious open opportunities like that ever. And you can't imagine that if he scores those three chances, 
that Middlesbrough get back in this tie. I, I just don't think they have enough attacking output to do it. Although our, our shambles of a defense would probably give them a few uh, for, for shits and giggles. But real bummer because he's been on a heater. You know, he's obviously coming off the great performance at Luton. Um, I I have no clue what happened, Dan. <laughs> I really don't. I it, it, Groundhog's Day or something, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's where I'm in the mind that there's definitely games that just don't seem to go a player's way. And this game, despite everything Cole was doing in terms of the shots he was taking, the places that he was getting himself into, the runs he was making, he he's finding rhythm over a couple of games now where he is very good at reading potentially like where where the missed hit pass is going to be due to some of the pressure, whether that's like our press kind of pushing forward, giving the passing lanes, making it a little more difficult, forcing a defender or the goalkeeper into making a, a bad decision because they just they see a bunch of blue shirts and down their way. Cole has done a good job reading those and finding then an opportunity to create space for himself and to create a, a chance on goal, a chance on target. It just none of them came good in this one. And so I think to me that at least I think is the, is the positive outcome is that like, he's still getting into good positions. He's still taking high quality shots. He just had, I I would say is I think frankly an off night Brandon, but maybe that is hopeful then for the weekend that he will uh, get an opportunity to, to bag one of those against Fulham and help try to send us to to seventh position. (laughs) I'd also mention Connor. Connor had an open opportunity as well where he rolled uh, defender and should have just slotted it in the far corner. That's another one. You know, it just you can't miss those. And the team is just so inconsistent with those clear, clear, clear cut opportunities. Goals are important. Unfortunately, we somehow avoided well the, the Cole, Cold Palmer images. They're all there. Right. I mean, he's on the short list for player of the season, even after tonight. It's just, it's just weird. None of it came off. Um, but like, if he's not going to do it and Nico Jackson's not around, who is? We're back to that problem. Our goal scoring depth chart is a kiddie pool. Like, we talked last week, set pieces. Great. How'd that go tonight? didn't and squad composition comes back into it we're short compared to boro right they're they're big midfielders you could probably put enzo on caicedo's shoulders and get to the height of some of those guys <laughs> so we got a squad building problem right put levi in granted we don't have a lot of healthy players when it comes to defense but you know not not great from him either so dan you found the xg philosophy thank gosh put it in uh, Middlesbrough with a 1.01 XG to Chelsea's 2.33. Almost shocked it's not better than that. It feels low. It does feel low. <laughs> so here we go. We got Noni Matawake, Raheem Sterling, Connor Gallagher, Cole Palmer, all culprits on the night, unfortunately. You know, Matawake, stock rising. Gone. Gone? That's just it? Gone? <laughs> yeah. Stock's gone. It's, it's been was. taken off of the, 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 the exchange. No mas. He was incredibly he, ineffective tonight. I mean, let's just be honest. And he's a guy that I like a lot. So, you know. I mean, it's the whole the whole side, though. Like, and that's what, you know, I think there's, the, it's the finger point challenge right now. It's people want to look for someone to blame. And so it's, well, if you don't like Pochettino, people are blaming the manager. If they don't like 
the players we've recruited, they're pointing at the you know club ownership and the directors. If they don't like a particular player or players, they're pointing at the players on executing it. And it's all of them. Every single one. It, when you are doing this poorly, from where you had where Chelsea were to where Chelsea are now, that is collective failure. It is not one individual. Now, one might be at a certain point more culpable than others in that moment. So you might say, hey, Pochettino didn't do a great job managing this match, and I'll probably be more on that side for this one. But in general, every single one of those groups is involved for where Chelsea are today and the ma- and the result of this match. And, like, again, it could have been one, which is the crazy thing, that even through all the mess... Should have. All of the problems, all the issues, Chelsea are still finding ways to be competitive, just not necessarily completing the project. I mean, what, yeah, I mean, what, do you, what how do you, com- I say, how do you complete that project? I think that's the problem. That's where we're at, Nick, that crossroads of, we got young players. Do we need older players? Is it the manager not getting enough from the players we have? Is it the strategy of this U23 squad that the sporting director's, Built the only thing you can't blame the owners for is splashing cash, maybe a little too erratically at times, but I, I think that's where this project is is just so entangled and problematic. Injuries as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a multi-year project, and we're about halfway through year one, uh, year two if you count last year. But I'm I've written that off in my mind, <laughs> so I'm just calling this year one. Uh, everyone has to be better. I mean, Poch has to be better. Scouting has to be better. Game plans have to be better. Every single player has to be better. Every single one. Physios have to be better. Like there, there's no, you know, I think we've, we've said this multiple times on the show. There is no one person culpable, but that also means that everyone is. And so I, you know, I think there have been times this year where Poch and the players have been arrogant and I use that word uh, not uh, lightly. I use that word sincerely, that they could stroll out against whoever, and and because we have X talent, that we that we're just naturally going to win. Um, I want to see some real leadership out of somebody on the field, <laughs> like especially in these moments. I, I thought it was lacking today, and I think that. Potch got the game plan wrong, and he has to point at himself and get better because this is not the first time this season that we have gone out with the wrong game plan, with the wrong personnel, had to shuffle stuff around. It didn't work out, and now we're now we're in an uphill climb in the second leg. So, uh, yeah, it's tough to say, you know, where exactly the wrongness started, but the wrongness ended with us being one nil down to a team that we had no business losing to. And we're going to have to really invent a few goals in this second leg to to advance to a cup final. Well, that is exactly where we're at. You know, as we kind of zoom out here a little bit, it's all the play for in the second half of the tie, Dan. We've, we're not out of it. We're down a goal to a championship side. We've got 90 minutes back of the bridge to salvage something. You know, one goal minimum. That'll get you the pens. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that maybe that gives a couple of players because it's going to be in the 23rd of January. So we have some time with the extra winter break 
you know, pause in there for English men's football or senior football that maybe someone like Nkunku could be back healthy. Maybe there's a midfielder that can be available to, to rotate or spell. Maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe Nico Jackson and company and country uh, crash out of AFCON super early and he wants to come back to be involved. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. Maybe Chelsea sign a player and that player is involved in the match. I mean, so I think there's a bunch that, that could happen between now and then. I think that that's probably where the hope has to hang on and the fact that it's not an egregious mismatch right now being down two or three goals nick like there's still plenty of time in over 90 minutes to go win a match to nothing to take this and advance to the finals I hate to burst your bubble, Dan, but looking at Senegal's uh, schedule, uh, they play. It's, oh, yeah, it's it's on, super on, good for them. <laughs> they, they play on the 23rd of January, and their uh, competition is uh, Gambia, Cameroon, and uh, and Guinea. So um, there's a reason they're the favorites to win. <laughs> yep, they're. It turns out they're pretty good. Um, so uh, that that likely the Nico Jackson to save us, which is hilarious after some of the commentary that we've seen, not likely to be a storyline. Look, I, I I hope that we get some players back. I just don't – I wouldn't bet on it. I mean, I think this team is just perma-injured. And it does it does screw with Poch's game plans, you know, that he can't rely on Armando Broya for two matches in three days. It does screw with, uh, you know, players' relationships with each other on the field that they can't roll out the same starting 11 for a few matches in a row to get accustomed to each other. It really does. Like, I, I don't envy that problem that they're facing. But you have to be good enough as Chelsea Football Club to meet, to beat Middlesbrough, to score a bunch of goals against them in the second leg, and to really put your authority on a tie before, uh, you know, moving on and, and potentially playing a final. Like, if, if we don't win that game, there's going to be some serious questions asked of Poch. Um, and fair or not, He's gonna get the Spursy treatment from from fans that already started today. I can't imagine what it would look like at the bridge if we lose to a championship side and they advance to the to the League Cup final when we're putting out our strongest possible side. Like this is not us playing the kids, right? This is Tiago Silva's playing today. <laughs> you know? So you know, I, th- I think I think it's a big match for everybody, and I hope I hope that he gets it right because they're going to just face a wall of red shirts. Let's let's not get to that that place. That would be a a dark place, I think, for all involved. But you got to think about it. We we're, we're going in down a goal, right? We we've got one arm tied behind the back. Surely not impossible, but you got to dig deep for that optimism. And like Dan said, a lot of time off, right? So next match, play Fulham on the 13th this weekend. I'm going to get 10 days off with that break. So about as perfectly timed as as you could have asked. The end of January is going to be very interesting because we sit here on the evening of the 9th of January, U.S. time across two, two different time zones. By the end of the month, Chelsea could have advanced to the finals of the Carabao Cup have one hand potentially on a trophy, could have advanced to the fifth round of the FA Cup after beating Aston Villa, 
have potentially moved up into seventh position, getting closer and closer up the table, or the exact opposite of that can happen. And Chelsea at the end of the month could be no possibility of domestic silverware out of both competitions, not going to a final, not going to the fifth round of the FA Cup, and potentially struggling against a Fulham side and a Liverpool side. This, to me, is a very critical juncture for all of those individuals we talked about involved who have something, have, have, have a, play a part in the success of Chelsea. The sporting directors, the ownership, the players, and the manager. This is the hot seat moment for everybody between now and the end of January. Because if we don't get that, if we don't have the better of the two outcomes, February on is going to feel really, really unfortunate, I think. Wow. Thanks for just turning that bus around. But it is doable. No, the, no. The good outcome is doable. No, 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 no. No, you said it your really, piece. It's a, it's a nice said show. You, you have no fucking idea how this is going to go. No. So you have yeah. no idea. I mean, it, they could win out or they could lose out. I mean, it is that it is that much of a weirdo team that we have this season. And, I mean, I, I don't bet. I know a bunch of people that do. They're like, hey, is Chelsea going to win this game? No fucking clue. Don't ask me. I have no earthly idea which Chelsea team is going to show up on which day. Are we going to pump Preston 4-0 or are we going to lose to Middlesbrough 1-0? Who knows? Might do both, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Um, look, this reminds me. I had, a, I had a good buddy in college, and his his parents had like a long drive to come up to watch us play, and uh, they were listening to a book on tape, and it was so confusing. They like couldn't get it figured out. On the way back, they realized they had it on shuffle. <laughs> That's this Chelsea team. We're on shuffle. We're supposed to be going match to match. No, 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 no. We're <laughs> you're going to choose your own adventure. That's your updated, updated three-word match review. <laughs> tough, tough run. All right. Well, no day in the match because we didn't win, which means other results there are none because it's just Liverpool and Fulham who play tomorrow aka wednesday when you're listening to this so uh you hopefully we'll get an idea of who uh, an opponent might be in the final again we play fulham so uh it's all kind of weirdly tied together in an awkwardly uh short time period but uh this is it we uh middlesbrough are looking at this as to who they might play in the final right now so get ahead of themselves pre would love that but uh, i don't think so carrick is a um he has a lot of silverware in his cabinet at home. So he knows a thing or two about these competitions. And again, to be championship that close to the final, that's wild. Like that. Yeah. Anyways, that's it. Look, Chelsea fans, we got a ton of content, ton of content still coming at you. I got Matt law, uh, the day you listen to this recording. So that'll be out on Thursday, uh, preview Friday, Dan, you just dropped Osman. I can't we believe did, what Sam did. said. Crazy cliffhanger. Go listen. Indeed. And then what you said, shocking. Out of character. Look, if you want to see the most generalized takes about what you could do with Victor Oshman at Chelsea, come to us because we tried to make sure. Are you suggesting we play him at left back, Dan? Is that what's happening? Look, I'm not Thomas Tuchel, but I do like playing a player out of position in a a fullback variety. (laughs) Do you remember when Jose... I uh, played Bertrand Traore as a left back. <laughs> I'm 
Man, I that's don't. a throwback for everybody. I, I do. I remember it. And I remember seeing him play forward and then Jose just being the fucking shithouse that he is. Uh, decided that he was going to play Bert Trantriore, who was very clearly like a right winger at left back for reasons. Nah, tough, tough beat. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a little bit unfortunate for everybody involved. Let's be honest. But hey, we're going to wrap there. Like I said, much, much more content coming at you this week. There's just a little speed bump along the journey. Don't worry. We got you this week. Stay engaged. Stay plugged in. We'll see you in Discord. But anyways, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.